Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petrales, and we are super excited for today's guest. I got to give Exceed, uh, you know, some love. Sean and Miguel. We had them on maybe three, four months ago, and we had a long discussion afterward about their facility and, you know, them wanting to bring it to the next level and the type of athletes they've had, they, they've had there and worked with, past and present. And when we kind of reconnected this summer... The athletes that they have sent us uh, or the people that have worked out in their facility uh, or have been rehabbed with them or have, you know, dealt with pain management or whatever they do, they do a zillion bazillion things. These guys have handed us people like Nita Orloff, who is a standout soccer player at uh, Southern New Hampshire University, Hector Johnson, who is an incredible defensive end out of Endicott, and today's guest, who this might be the coolest guest we've had on here, just uh, just talking to him and what he's been up to and what he does, and I, you know, I think our audience today is going to love it. But here, uh, we have Jake Holmes. Jake's a former football player at Becker College. Uh, he played professionally in the arena game for uh, High Country Grizzlies and the New England Bobcats, and he right now is a part of uh, Joe Gibbs Racing since 2021. Number one ranked tire carry in all of NASCAR we have on this podcast today, so we're super excited. I said his name, but I'll introduce him again, uh, Jake Holmes. Hey, man, how you doing? Great to have you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, we're super excited to have you on here. As I said, I, you know, we're going to jump into a lot of different topics. Uh, but, you know, obviously, I got to give you your football love. We're, I'm a big football guy. Coach it for a really long time. Anybody who plays collegially, I don't care what division it is. It's a full-time job. It's, you know, balancing that in an academic schedule. And obviously, that discipline helps you carry into your life. So just talk about your background playing ball a little bit. You grew up in Westboro, I see. Uh, where did you attend high school, playing college, and just kind of, you know, your game a little bit? You know, I mean, I grew up, yeah, like you said, in Westboro. I went to Westboro High School, uh, played for the Rangers and Coach Ellis. Um, I guess uh, that's really where I fell in love with football. Um, honestly, when I first started, I just thought it was fun to do. I didn't think anything of it. And, you know, come my senior year, when it was a possibility to play at the college level, uh, I jumped at the first thing that came at me. And, uh, yeah, I went to Becker College right in Worcester, Mass. Uh, had one of the best times I think I could have um, for as Anyone who doesn't play or think about playing college sports, uh, like you said, I don't care what level it is. It is a commitment, but it's also you'll meet some lifelong friends and they'll turn into like family. So I'll, I'll never, ever regret those years. Yeah, I mean, playing any sport collegially, right? Like, there's that level of commitment. I mean, it's like I said, it's a full time job. You're there. It's you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is really like football, you know. And in between, you're trying to balance that academic schedule, uh, and obviously, you're trying to improve yourself and your status out there. And you got to keep building. And 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 you know, I respect that in the game of anybody who plays any college sport. But those skills do help you develop outside of your life and how you time manage and discipline and you know, being able to be there for others and work as a team like those skills are like so important in life and I think people sometimes don't value that enough um but for you you took your game to the next level I mentioned that you played a little bit of arena ball as well uh how'd you get into that avenue I, I think arena ball is one of the toughest sports around I mean shorter field you know obviously guys are playing a lot closer to each other it's physical especially along the sideline the boards I mean what position do you play how'd you get into it? all that stuff so in college I played running back um but in the arena level, running backs are essentially a fourth lineman. So I'm not that. So it's uh, it was basically to adapt to survive. Um, there was an opportunity available. I went to a bunch of CFL workouts and uh, someone from the arena league was there and they gave me a shout out, told me to come down for a workout. And, uh, 
yeah, High Country Grizzlies in North Carolina um, gave me a shot. And it was a, it's definitely a weird transition from 11 man to arena football, uh, especially it's, it's kind of a mix with Canadian football because you can have a motion man going to the line. So uh, I kind of adapted into the more like slot receiver role. And um, like you said, the, the boards and stuff, they're very uh, unforgiving. Yeah. So my, my lifespan in that sport in that particular field was very short, uh, got pretty banged up, uh, banged up both my knees. And that was kind of all she wrote, but again, a great time. And if anyone has the chance to do it, I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's great. So when you were in college, you were running back. You guys, were you guys in a spread system? Were you more like a, like a power running system? Like what were you guys? Uh, we were spread, but we ran the ball 60% of the time. It, it was it was nice for me because it got everyone out of the box and let right. me just kind of run, which was nice. But uh, yeah. yeah, it was just, it was a spread offense. I did catch a couple of things here and there, but yeah, the main thing just hand me the ball so I can just run. That's pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Hey, listen, I get that. I mean, I, we ran a pretty good spread system. The reason I asked that a lot is because, you know, sometimes in spread, like everyone thinks spread throw the ball, but the head coach that I coached with, there was like a three or four year window that he said, we run spread to run the football. We spread the field out to run the football. And you said it like taking guys out of the box um, or even motioning guys and kind of forcing them into certain coverage, knowing that you might have numbers on the backside or the play side or whatever. So yeah, for you, it's like a field day. Uh, and sometimes even certain defenses that you come out like in high school, like sometimes you come out in a three sack and spread. I'm like licking my lips, like we're going to run the ball all over this team. Like we just have numbers everywhere, you know? So uh, I'm sure you see some of those fronts and you're like, okay, here we go. So uh, cool. So then I got to ask like the transition into NASCAR. I mean, that's two completely different worlds. Obviously you're a big, strong guy, a good athlete, you know, and people probably underestimate the athletes that you probably have on your pit crew that work for other, you know, teams and everything else. But, you know, talk about that dive. What was your break? How'd you get into to NASCAR? So actually uh, I ruptured both my patellar tendons uh, at the same time. So on both knees were, gone so i basically was rehabbing for the entire 2020 year um and actually through exceed um one of my good friends uh kanan severin he was working with a group that kind of helped athletes transition from their sport to careers and honestly I, we kind of were talking on the golf course one day and he was like hey i'm gonna go do this joe gibbs racing thing to see you know about putting people in he's like would you be interested? And I kind of gave him like, Oh yeah, sure. Why not? I wasn't yeah. even medically. The only thing I was medically cleared to do was golf. So I was <laughs> like, you know, I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about running around with kids in the future type thing. And uh, sure enough, a couple months later, I got a call from Joe Gibbs racing and they said, Hey, we want to fly in for a workout and uh, see what's going on. And so they gave me a gave me a plane ticket, came down here, and they put me through a workout. And they told like what me, type you know, of workout? What type of workout are they putting you through? Uh, it's any. It's like a modified three cone. They do broad jump. They'll test wow. um, your ten yard split. They'll do the FMS flexibility test. Like they they go really in depth with all the athletes. Wow. Yeah, and that's just for the job offer. And then once you get here. Uh, we do a thing through P3 performance where it's it works with a lot of basketball players and a lot of biomechanics. So then they send you out for a workout and basically show you what your strengths and weaknesses are. So you can, you know, complement your strengths and work on your weaknesses. And they, they really do a stand up job here to make sure you're the best athlete you can be. 
Wow. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, it's like a college combine uh, to, to get on the crew. Was that surprising to you? Like, do you know you were walking into that or were you kind of like, whoa, this is more than I realized was going to be? Uh, I kind of had a cheat code. So oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my buddies that actually trained at Exceed uh, with me, works with me here at Joe Gibbs Racing. He started a couple months earlier. So he kind of gave me the ins and outs, what to train for and things like that. And so I kind of had an idea, but I, I didn't know how serious it was going to be considering my research that I did uh, up until a few years ago, all it was, was mechanics that could do the job and not athletes. Well, right. I'm not a mechanic. I don't, I don't know a lot of things about these cars or anything like that. And when I explained that to them, I was very up upfront because I didn't want to go down there to, you know, get smoke blown up or anything. But they said, no, good. We'll teach you what you need to know and just come here and be the athlete and we'll see what happens. I mean, that's incredible. Like that's, that's real cool. And to hear that maybe, and I don't know how many years we'll, we'll talk back, but like to hear that pit crews were maybe more mechanics or people that understood more about cars. And now you're seeing like any other sport evolve in, in the training and the, the physicality of it. You're seeing that in NASCAR that we, we need athletes out there. We need quicker times, quicker pit times to get the cars out there and get them going. Sometimes it's not necessarily the mechanic that's going to do that. It's the people who are in shape to get everything out there. And maybe that stuff becomes more second than, than it was maybe before. So that's really cool to kind of hear that aspect of the race game a little bit, as far as that goes. And before we jump more into that, I just want to, we'll jump a little backwards with Exceed. So you went through Exceed through your knee injuries and, you know, I mean, I mean, your injuries of, of, and those are serious. Like, I mean, to have both is, I mean, that's a lot of rehab. That's a lot of work to, to fix that. Talk about Exceed and just like those guys. I mean, you were the, like I said to you, you were the first person these guys kind of sent to me saying, this is someone that you really want to chat with and talk to. So obviously, you know, there's something that they connected with you or maybe the relationship that you have there. So plug these guys away, man, because I love them. I think they're great. Absolutely. Um, first of all, if you're in Massachusetts and you want any sort of sports advice and fitness at all, if you want to take this seriously, you need to go to Exceed Sports and Performance. That's first and foremost. Um, I actually learned about Exceed after college going through my pro day. So I trained with them all throughout all my tryouts and things like that. And they actually, they essentially molded me from, you know, 185 pounds to, you know, now I'm 215 and, you know, I, I feel great, but um, yeah, they, they're next level. And it's not just the training, it's the life advice you get there from Sean and stuff. He's very real. He will not, you know, sugarcoat anything. And at the time of every young like man or woman's life, you need that. You get a lot of people that blow smoke and tell you, hey, you can do whatever you want. Well, guess what? Sometimes, you know, you might not be able to do this, but you can do X, Y, Z. And so he'll, you know, kind of navigate through that with us and things like that. And he was very beneficial, not only like through sports, but uh, through my life personally. And, you know, it's been awesome. I still have a great relationship with uh, Sean and Shane and all of them and kind of chop it up with them. But uh, when I got injured, they, they went above and beyond. Uh, it was especially when COVID happened and uh, they couldn't necessarily come see me, but Sean sent me, you know, a butcher box and always checked up on me. Anything he could do, he would open the gym when it wasn't supposed to, so I could get rehab time and things like that. And, like things that he's done for me that I'll remember forever type stuff. So, and not only that, but the other athletes you train with are, are aligned with your goals. 
They like to, they want to do things and take it serious and go to the next level. And you'll make connections with people there that'll carry for the rest of your life. And if I didn't go to exceed, I wouldn't be here because I would have never met Canaan and I would have never met, you know, Nick and things like that who have helped me get to where I am. So uh, words can't really express how appreciative I am of exceed. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. And every guest that we've had on from there, it's like the same exact thing. Like you're saying it differently, but the same exact message. Like these guys are just like you said, next level uh, going above and beyond. And they are real. I mean, they talked about that on the podcast a lot that, you know, sometimes they give advice or say things to athletes that no might piss them off or get them upset or, but they're being honest to say, Hey, if you do want to get better and you're real about this, then this is the critique and this is how we have to fix it or begin to work on it or whatever. So uh, you you're, you are echoing every guest that has been thrown away from exceed and what they say. So it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be truth. There's proof in the pudding. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just the athletes and the people they've sent us and even guests that we still have coming on from exceed. It's just, I'm excited for the lineup. I mean, this is like, I, now we're sinking our teeth in NASCAR here because I've been hyping this up to our audience a little bit. Uh, as far as I love when we have a different type of guest on a different cover sport that we have never covered. Uh, cause I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by any athlete, any professional athlete, no matter what their involvement is with the team, with an organization, because every level is really important to make sure that the final product is the best that it can be. So um, I mentioned this during your introduction, uh, but you are the number one ranked tire carrier in NASCAR right now. Um, how is that determined? Well, first of all, how cool is that? But second, how how is that determined and, and figure out and calculated as far as you just being the best at what you do? All right, so start off how it's determined. Um, well, there's a bunch of metrics that we use. Uh, there's four or five different metrics that just my position uses per stop. And that's, you know, without trying to get too over the head with people that don't understand is uh, little things like putting on a tire, how fast it is, the window between, you know, the old tire coming off, the new tire coming on, the speed of it. And then ultimately the four tire pit stop. Uh, the, when the car stops to when we drop it and it sends right back on the pit road. So all those, you know, kind of meshes and make this one metric. And that's kind of how, you know, people at JGR and um, NASCAR determine ranking, so to speak. Um, and honestly, the, the reason that I am uh, statistically that where I am is because I have great teammates on my team. Um, every single person that works on the 54 car with me is elite. And honestly, I'm just trying to catch up to them. They they do a great job. We have guys like Michael Hicks, Darrell Edwards, uh, Blake Houston, and Peyton Moore. Um, honestly, the best teammates I've had in any sport throughout my life. And like all different facets. So Mike Hicks, he's a rear tire changer. So he works with the gun. And uh, he's been doing it for 17 years here at Joe Gibbs. And Darrell is a basketball player, came over. He's been doing it for eight years. You know, Blake's a baseball guy. Peyton's another football guy. So it's like they're all athletes in their own way, but we came from such different backgrounds. I think we're able to complement each other in a great way that, I don't know, we just we just mesh really well. And so, honestly, my personal success is because they do such a good job to make me look good. 
Yeah. I mean, that's nice to hear you complimentary of your teammates. And obviously it takes a village to make sure that, you know, the one thing or the big thing or the big picture is, is met. And um, that's great to hear. And obviously it must be cool. I mean, you just kind of hearing what you just said over the last five minutes, I mean, 2020 serious knee injuries to now 2023 and your number one ranked is something that you probably never even saw yourself ever doing. I mean, so that's like, when you look at it like that, I'm sure it's kind of crazy, right? It is wild to think about. Um, I try not to think about it like that because I'm always, you know, focused on the next week, next race type thing, trying to stay humble and grounded. Um, but it is cool to reflect at times to see where I came from and where I am now and the trajectory of things. It, it's it's pretty cool. It is real cool. And then obviously Joe Gibbs, that must be like a kind of added bonus. I mean, being a football guy a little bit too. And, you know, obviously the great coach that he was and, you know, even coming out of his second stint and bringing the Red Skins back to the playoffs or at least a very competitive product. That must be kind of cool for you being a football guy too. Yeah. Oh man. Coach Gibbs is, he's the truth. Uh, he's at every race. He's at our pit box every race. He comes up and prays up with us before every single race. He's a, he's a player's coach and he is, very, very in-depth with this race team. And it also helps that his grandson happens to be our driver, but he's very, very good at making sure you feel important. That's incredible. I mean, that obviously stems from his coaching, right? I mean, he's bringing that background into here and making a successful team or creating a successful team or program, if that's how you guys look at it too, and into what you do, that that's real cool. Um, so obviously – I saw this cool special on ESPN the other day. It just caught my eye. I was flipping through the channels, and a lot of it talked about simulation with injuries in sports, like how you react to it, how you practice those things. So when it gets into real life situations, like the NFL identified maybe like fifteen types of injuries that could happen because of hit or heat or whatever, and how you would deal with them in NASCAR for you improving your time. I'm we talked off air a little bit. You mentioned like eight five eight six. That's kind of like a pit. Like that's incredible time, like hitting that. And you guys are a well-known in NASCAR for constantly being one of the best crews or the quickest crews out. How do you simulate that um, in practice throughout the week before races? Like how are you guys simulating those situations the best you possibly can? Uh, it, it, it's exactly like football, uh, just yeah. with a different thing. Instead of a ball, it's a car and tires. And so <laughs> we have a full uh, pit pad facility out back. And yeah, you know, we're there three, four days a week and we're hammering we got the car set up to how it's going to be set up during that race that week. Just like you're going against scout defense of that defense that week in football. Um, so we get all the situations. Uh, we look at past races from last year, what we did. And then obviously it's the car has a simulator for what it's going to do. And then that kind of spits out what the fastest lap is mixed with how pitiful the car is. Because your car can be a bullet, but if you can't change tires on it, you're not finishing the race. So it's kind of like a happy medium. There's a lot of like moving parts every week, but it's just just like college sports. You come in, you work out, you watch film, uh, you dissect things that you could have done better last year, last week, and then you apply that to practice. We'll do half of four tire stops. We'll do just right sides, just left sides. We'll you know complete the stop. We'll transition. It's it's a lot of lot of it's basically football without indie time. It's just a bunch of team period and you're kind of getting after it. And that, that's what, that's what I love. Uh, practice every day is so much fun. Yeah. And I feel like for any athlete, I've heard so many people say this and I've said this too, like 
when you get a little bit older, you miss being on a team. So I think when you're on a team, sometimes you appreciate that because that's what you grew up with. That's what you knew. And that's how you've kind of like formed who you are a little bit is working with others and collaborating with others and talking with others. And yeah, so it's cool. I get, I get, I always say I miss being on a team and anything I do now, it's always like, yeah, this is our team. You know, this is the director, assistant director, you know, like that's how I look at it. But um, you know, for you now, like, What's your travel like? I mean, where I know right now you're in the war room, you're, you're you're at the facility. I mean, for you, what's the season? What's the off season? What's that look like for NASCAR as far as like busy season, off season, and maybe just yeah, all of that. <laughs> it's a long season, so we go from uh, the middle of February to the beginning of November. So it's thirty seven weeks, thirty seven races, and. We travel pretty much to all of them every week. So our our weekly schedule, you know, we'll come in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, practice, lift, film, all that. We usually get Thursday, uh, Fridays and Saturdays off to kind of recoup and get ready for the weekend. And then we'll fly out uh, Sunday morning for the race, do the race, and then fly back. The only time we stay out really an extra day is West Coast. But no matter what, after the race, we're flying home. So it's it's a grind to fly there and back. But um, it, it, it's not like we fly commercial or anything. So it, it's not too bad. It's just the travel kind of gets you after a while. Right. It's just you get tired. Yeah. And I'm sure the time switches and everything else, it just catches up to you here and there, I'm sure, as you keep doing it and doing it. Um, and for you, like, I always ask my athletes and coaches this. So I guess I ask you like, who are you away from NASCAR a little bit? Like you have an off season. What are the things that you enjoy doing outside of there? Like, you know, hobbies or places that you go away or whatever. I mean, who are you a little bit outside of what you do? Oh man. Well, we get, we get a short, we get two months off in the off season to kind of do what we want. So usually I'll go someplace tropical for sure. Um, try to have a, friends trip, things like that. Um, I love going back up to Maine and Massachusetts and visiting family in the off season when I can. Um, but Charlotte has a lot to offer. So it's fun being here in Charlotte, uh, kind of made this, you know, my home. So, uh, little things just going out in the city. The best thing about Charlotte is it's big enough to where it's not just a small town, but it's not a huge city where, you know, you kind of get lost in the mix. So it's a, it's a homey, city so anytime i can kind of get out just have drinks or things like that hang out with friends that's that's a good time that's nice yeah and the weather's probably pretty consistent there i'm sure it gets cold but not like it does up north in certain months so it's probably really nice there too i'm sure i don't own a shovel that's for sure (laughs) i wish i could say that honestly i really wish i could say that uh that's funny but so like you, you before we, we we locked on here, you kind of walked around and showed the facility behind you. There's a ton of cars, and obviously you are in the war room right now with there's a bunch of screens to my right, maybe it's your left, but to my right. Um when I coached, like one thing that when I kind of recruited other coaches, especially when I was a head coach, I always asked about technology and what they knew about technology as far as filming and editing or uploading or whatever. There seems to be probably even more technology that's involved in NASCAR than anyone could ever realize. How how tech savvy are you or do you have to be for this gig versus like maybe like a pit stop, right? Like someone messes up or someone goes a little slower than usual. Are they like immediately having tablets and TVs and being like, this is what you did wrong. Like how much technology is involved in this? Uh, so I'm not super tech savvy. Uh, we do have it guys um, and things like that. Um, but our gas men usually break down film, but we have um, every stop 
uh, during the race, we have helmet cameras. Uh, and then we also have over the top camera. So the over the top camera, the second we're done with the stop, gets uploaded right to the back of the pit box. And we have a screen, we watch it. And then we plug our helmet cameras in if we have any questions about things. So it, it's pretty instant. And, uh, but yeah, every, every part of the stop is being watched constantly. And like for you, um, what's like the biggest thing that like for your, for what you do, like what's the one thing that you're looking at the most maybe on film or that people are kind of talking to you about like picking up speed or maybe something that you could do a little quicker or vice versa, how well you did on something. Um, so like in terms of like film. Yeah. Like you, like in football, you watch yourself and you see things like, are you watching yourself? And like the second you step out there to what you do to, or is it kind of just Absolutely. like, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's every step when, yeah. when you're dealing with uh tenths of a second, uh, every step, every single movement can't be wasted. So uh, everything from when I leave the wall to run across to when we finish the stop, everything that, and everything in between that I look at. And my main thing is not what I can do for myself, but what I can do to help speed my teammates up yeah. because individually I can't speed the pit stop up. I can only mess it up. Right. So right. my thing is what can I do to put myself in the best situation to make sure my teammates can go the fastest they do. Cause I drop off a tire for the Jackman to put on. So if I mess that up, that screws the whole stop up. So even though individually my metric might be great, the stop sucked. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's all that matters. All that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I mean, so how many people are out there changing at once? Like if a pit crew is running out there, all four tires, anything else besides that? Uh, so we have the jack man holding the jack. Gas man has a big gas can, and the changers have the pit guns. See what you probably and have about, what, eight to ten people out there. Was is that like a number to say at once? Five. Okay, five. five. A little too high. All right. That's so all, that, yeah. that's awesome. And then um, let me just look at my notes here. There's a funny question that I want to ask you. I noticed a lot like there was like they signed like everybody has numbers next to them. Like, what does that mean when people have numbers next to them? Like you were like number 11. I saw number 11 next to you a lot. Or am I just making that up completely when I was doing my homework? Oh, from last year? Yeah, it would say number like when I was looking up like Joe Gibbs, like everybody had like number 20 car number. This like, is that the car number that they work with? Is that? Oh, is that car okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if that was like something for you guys as well. Um and Denny Hamlin is is the driver. Is that the driver that you specifically work with? Uh, I did last year. Last year. Um, so work I worked with Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. Okay. So this year, this year is Ty Gibbs. So it's uh, Coach Gibbs' grandson. Okay. You said that earlier. All right. Sorry. I must have looked up maybe last year's stuff and I was doing my homework a little bit. So I yeah, it's all good. No, yeah. yeah. Who Who's – um. Who would you say, I mean, and, and you don't have to answer this, but right now, like you worked with a lot of different people. Who's someone that you've worked with, like a driver that you maybe have had a connection with or cool with or someone that you're like really friendly with that you worked with during that year? Uh, honestly, uh, Ty. Ty's been awesome. He's been very vocal and interactive with all of us picker guys. Um, he knows us on a first name basis and vice versa. Like he, he's very cool. He, he's a younger, younger guy. He's 20. So it, it's kind of funny working with, you know, essentially a kid, but at the same time, he's very mature and he's got that it factor, man. I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, you can just look at an athlete sometimes 
times and you're like, you know what? He's got it. And that's him. That's the best yeah. way to describe it. Yeah, it's so funny. I, when people use that description, I think it's great because I, I totally understand that it. it's like, yeah, they just got something like I don't know what that something is, but it works and it's just effective. And uh, that's a great description of someone that's like special, does things really well. It's how I honestly describe people like that a lot. I'm like, they just got it. I don't know what it is, but it is it like um have you been starstruck at all? Like obviously jumping into this, like young guy, like, is there, was there a moment in NASCAR that you were just like, Holy smokes, like this was really cool. Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, the first time I did the Daytona 500 last year, um, when there was more people there than at the Super Bowl, that kind of really blew my mind. So you're sitting on pit road and you're looking into the stands at over 250,000 people. And you're just kind of like, Holy crap. Like, all right. Yeah. That's crazy. And then for have you ever driven a car before? Like, have you ever gotten into a car and, and, and go? Uh, I've driven the practice car a couple of times back here, but not, not the ones that, not the ones that have the Toyota wrap on it. Can't do that. What are you hitting? What are you hitting on that practice car? Not, not, not fast. Okay. 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 Yeah. I didn't know if you ever like test drove one of those and just did it like on a track one day, you know, no. I mean? <laughs> way above my pay grade. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you kind of hit this upon earlier and I love that you said it. Um, you kind of were giving advice a little bit to like people and, and pursuing things. So my, my question to you is like biggest piece of advice you would give a young athlete, maybe specifically we'll stick with college kids here. Um, but you know, maybe taking an opportunity that maybe wasn't something that they ever saw on their radar or thought, but it kind of popped up and it worked and, and going for it, like you, you did yourself, like what would be your advice to young people that are kind of in that same situation you were? I guess my greatest thing of advice is it personally happened to me is if you're ever questioning taking an opportunity and you know, what if it doesn't pan out? My biggest thing is what if it pans out better than you could imagine? You just never know. And you, at this point in your life, you have no baggage or anything. It's the easiest time in your life to take those opportunities. So I just, anyone out there who is questioning, taking an opportunity, take it. You never know where it can take you and where do you see yourself with this right because i because i totally agree with you i mean there's so many i mean this podcast popped in my life i saw myself being a high school football coach for you know till my kids came and played for me right like that that's how i looked at it and then this kind of popped up and it just made more sense and time and everything else and it's the best of every world i get to be involved in high school sports in so many different ways and be home with my kids and it just like makes sense i mean where do you see this for yourself as far as like where it's going or you just kind of riding the wave and see where it takes you a little bit. I'm doing everything in my power so I can do this for at least 15 years. I, I would love to stay here at Joe Gibbs. I love the people. Um, I love what we do here. And every single year we got to compete for a championship. And as an athlete, there's nothing better than that. So I'm going to do everything in my power to stay here as long as I can, because like I said, it, it turned out even better than I could have imagined. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible stuff. And even like you kind of showed off the facility, you see those trophies back there. I mean, you guys are winning like MVP uh, pit crews. And that was, you guys have won, you said four out of the last five of the last seasons that you guys have been. And now is that based off of times and how your racers do type thing? Is that like all a huge calculation? Uh, it's just in your average of your pit stops throughout the year. 
Oh, wow. Okay. So you so guys have nothing to do with the driver. Oh, wow. So that's nothing to do with the seven. That's even more of an accolade for you guys, because that's like the behind the scenes sides who are at the best of what they do. And is there like another, I mean, you guys, obviously from when I was doing my homework on Twitter, even in 2022, I think at one point you had three out of the best four, like three out of the four best, like, or they were my, um, like subpar nine. Is that the goal? Like subpar nine, like sub below nine is an average time that you want to get. If you can average below nine seconds for a race, that's that's pretty incredible. Um, but, I mean, last year it was kind of a flip of a coin. It was the first year they moved from five lug nuts to one lug nut. So no one really knew how the ceiling. I guess, you know, year two, we still don't know because um, we keep kind of busting the glass ceiling over and over again. So I think that's part of the excitement is, I guess, we're going to find the threshold. Um, and being able to kind of be the first to uh, experience and do this uh, one lug thing is, is, is really incredible. And uh, like I said, I never thought it was even possible to change tires in under two minutes. Yeah. And then I started doing this and, you know, under 10 seconds was incredible. And now under nine and a half seconds is incredible. And now the nine second threshold is incredible. And who knows, maybe in two years, you know, you break into the seven seconds, but, you know, I'm just kind of, we're just trying to ride the wave and do as best as we can consistently and keep cranking the speed up. I mean, what do you, what do you, what do you attest that to? I guess like that the times are getting so much better. Why do you think that is like a cruise just that like, is it the jump to athletes? Is that like, would you say the number one thing of why we're seeing just faster in general? I think, I think that's a huge deal to do with it. Uh, more and more athletes are coming from their sports to NASCAR because, you know, the word's getting out that they're, the athletes can do this, not just mechanics. And so, you know, you got everyone from ex-NFL guys, MLB, you know, there's basketball guys. Like, it, it's, it's crazy to see, like, the different type of athletes that come and do this. And I think because, like you said, it teaches you throughout sports, it teaches you, you know, discipline things like that and the tools you need to really you know shape your craft in nascar and i think it's been such a void in nascar for such a long time where when you got those handful of guys they just dominated everyone yeah because you know hard work beats talent all the time so it's like you get those guys who are talented and work hard it's game over but now it's kind of even now the playing field where there's more and more athletes that are trying to do the same thing and to me, that's awesome because I want to beat them at their best, not because, you know, we're just athletes and they're not. Right, exactly. And now for you too, like you showed before we we kind of logged on here, the facility behind you, especially specifically where you guys work out and the athlete. I mean, you have like a strip of turf that's probably like 50 yards. I mean, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but like it's big and a lot of equipment there. Do you guys have like strength and conditioning coaches? Are you put through a certain type of regiment or are you on your own as far as like, I mean, nutrition, how does that all work for you guys? No, no, we have, we have two athletic trainers. We have two strength coaches. We have a nutritionist. We have, we have everything at our disposal and they give us workouts on a daily basis. Um, They tweak things based on injuries, things like that. So it, it, it is really like a division one facility. That's crazy. And who is uh, other guys that are on your crew? Like, are they ex athletes at all or anybody in your crew that's just like played a sport, college sports, anything like that? So, uh, my Jackman, Darrell Edwards, he played basketball at High Point University. Um, insane athlete. I mean, 
incredible basketball player, but if you ask me what really, you know, separates him from everyone else is what's between the ears. He he yeah. can think on his feet. He can adapt. I mean, it, it's incredible. And he does it at an incredibly fast rate. And How tall man, is he? Yeah, he's 6'1". Oh, wow. Okay, I was going to say, I was thinking like 6'8". I'm like, what does that guy do? <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so again, undersized in basketball. Yeah. I mean, he still, he still did great. You know, killed it. But like for a basketball term, 6'1", you're undersized. Right, right. And now transition to a Jackman. He's the perfect build. And it goes to show because he breaks every freaking record that is out there for Jackman. Yeah. And then we have uh, Blake Houston. He's uh, one of the tire changers on our team. Uh, he was a baseball guy, uh, played Division II baseball. Um, kind of was realized, you know, pro baseball wasn't going to happen for him. And he transitioned to this. But I will say on our team, the sneakiest athlete might be our two tire changers. Blake is a very, very fast lightning in a bottle guy. Yeah, yeah. And if he honestly, if he had a little more confidence, I think he, no one could touch him at all. Um, but Blake, Blake's a, Blake's a great dude. And uh, then you have Mike Hicks, who's the other tire changer. Um, different background. Uh, not really a big sports guy, um, was working in the shop and then was like, Hey, I'm going to give this a try. And I tell you what, that man is 37 going on 21. I've never seen anything like it. Like he, he'll even tell you when he first got into this, he was just like having fun. This yeah. is something to do. Then he saw athletes were coming in. And this dude went into CrossFit, all these other workouts, everything. And this dude is peeled. Like, I, I've never seen a transition like it. It's crazy. And I'll tell you what, you try to tell him no, he will prove you wrong every time. Yeah, do it. And that's the type of dude you want on your team, right? Like, a guy's like, oh, really? I don't think I can do this? And, like, they kill themselves to do it, right? Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, the other question, yeah, I guess for you is – and I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just asked this question in general. Like – the, obviously they're recruiting athletes or they're getting more and more athletes to come into the sport, to work different avenues of it. Is there like free agency in a sense? Like do other teams try to sign some of these guys who might like, you're incredible what you do. And you mentioned somebody else in your team who's breaking records and incredible. Like do other teams recognize that and try to lower them in with more? I mean, is that like a secret backdoor free agency type thing? Is that happening in NASCAR? Um, from what I hear for sure, uh, people will, you know, have kind of talks, background but uh the way contracts work is you can't really talk about uh offering people anything else until their contracts up okay. um but you know just like any other sport there's personal conversations that go on and things like that there's numbers thrown around but um there's no official offer until you know you're basically the end of your year type thing yeah but that's crazy um, yeah it makes me think of like Jerry Maguire, like Rod Tidwell, show me the money, right? Like, you know, okay. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's amazing because like going into this today, like I kind of did my homework on you and I was like, that's so interesting. This guy's a really good athlete. I wonder if this is like what the, the wave of NASCAR is starting to become. And then right off the top, you were like, yeah, it's like ex-college athletes or anything else. I'm like, okay, this is so interesting because you are seeing it in different sports now. I mean, 
you are seeing other people come in from different worlds to be able to, you know, help out or contribute. Or, I mean, you don't see, you, you see it in football somewhat. You see them like guys who never played that sport, but can come in because they're just a good athlete and they played something else. And uh, they're able to jump in and fill a role there. So you're seeing that in the NASCAR world with more athleticism. And that's awesome, man. So, you know, I appreciate you coming on here and taking your time. I know we've been trying to, to figure out a time. I kind of, lost track and didn't and didn't get back to you on something so i'm glad that we were able to do this and um you, dude the sky's the limit for you I, I i'm really interested in following i have friends of mine that like attend a lot of nascar races and um are very into the sport i'm i don't know as much um uh, but to hear you gotta get you out here for a race yeah i would love to come down there for a race truthfully i i would I would love to just, we do a lot of like video. I would love just to be like a fly on the wall and just like watch people just pit stop, go boom. Like, you know, and just watching like the stuff that I would never expect to see in the world of NASCAR behind the scenes. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, if you ever want to come down and, you know, day in the life practice, things like that, like you're more than welcome to come down. We'll, we'll hook it up and you can come down, do everything, do our day to day. And then we'll send you the race. Yeah, I would. That would be awesome. Let's definitely talk about that. That's something I will. I'm a teacher, so I get certain weeks that definitely will work for me to to pop down and get down there. So yeah, if you're serious, man, if that's an offer, I'm I'm in, dude. So like, let's make it happen. Yeah, cool. This is great. So you know, I thank you so much for coming on here. I think you are, you know, you're a star in this, man. You are, and um, it was great to to really chat with you. And you're a pretty laid back guy, and you know, I think that all kind of ties into why you have so much success, right? It seems like you're a type of guy who's just knows to the grindstone, works hard wants to just get better and better and is about the team at the end of the day. And that's something I kept hearing as like a reoccurring theme with a lot of questions I asked you. So uh, Joe Gibbs is lucky to have you, man, just as much as you might be lucky to have them. They're very lucky to have you too. So um, I'm really interested in the following you guys now. Like I am definitely going to be looking up races and how you guys are doing and even updating on our IG page. So I'm, I'm excited. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on and uh, anytime you want, let's, let's chat it up. Yeah, absolutely, brother. So um, we'll, we'll close out here. Anthony Pachalos from Beyond Podcast, guys. Till next time, uh, we'll have another episode dropping next week, and we're super excited about the lineup we got going on. Appreciate it from Exceed, too, as well. Uh, so we'll talk to you. Jake Holmes, thanks so much.